Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Back by popular demand, it is the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down District 4 activities week in, week out in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and today we are joined by Harry Doyle himself. It's Scott Burton. What's up, Scott? (laughs) Hey, what's going on, Brandon? I thought uh, since we're getting ready to call state baseball next week that uh, I'd put on my Harry Doyle persona and bust out my Cleveland Indians major league jersey. Ricky Vaughn. Yes. Uh, classic film franchise, uh, Major League. Uh, the third one never happened. I pretend like the third one never. Major League Three, back to the minors. Yeah, yeah. I, I pretend that the second one never happened. There's just things you don't mess with. Dumb and Dumber, same thing. Right. You know, Dumb yeah. and Dumber Two was a, a, a train wreck. So, but yeah, Major League Harry Doyle, one of the best. Yeah, so many quotable lines uh, from that film. Do you have a favorite line from the movie, Scott? You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that before I came on, and I'm like, there's several, and a few of them I can't say. It's like, yeah. Oh, we got no runs on one hit. That's all we got was, you know, you can't say that on the air. Ah, nobody's listening anyway. (laughs) Yeah. One GD hit. Yeah. 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 (laughs) They love their team here in Cleveland. Mike's hanging out the window and, you know, people in the booth are going, yeah, 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 whatever. Oh, oh, the other one I like is uh, when they hit the home run, you know, it's like, ah, it's too high. It's too high. What do you mean it's too high? You know, I mean, it goes over the fence and who, another swear, it's gone. You know, so a very, very quotable movie. My my favorite line or scene of the movie is when the the old pitcher, veteran pitcher that's in his 40s, Ed Harris, and he uses every, you know, every piece of junk he can to, to pitch. Uh, he's, he's talking to uh, Pedro Serrano, who, of uh-huh. course, is uh, got his voodoo gods and all that stuff. And uh, the Ed Harris is like, you know, if you just accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you might have a little better <laughs> success. And he's. I know Jesus. He's a very good man, but he no help with curveball. And then my favorite line is, you're telling me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> yep. Yep. That, that's part of it, too. Uh, Serrano was the, the all-state insurance guy. Um, and then also the president on uh, that uh, Jack Bauer 24 series as well. But hats for bats, you know. Uh, get a bucket of chicken, sacrifice a chicken. You know, I mean, God, so many things. You know, the thing about baseball movies, though, is, you know, I I always watch and see um, the believability part of it. And it's not necessarily the storyline because storylines are, you know, what they are. But of those actors, who can actually throw a ball? Who actually knows and looks like they know what they're doing? And really, the only one in there, um, Serrano could swing the bat. I mean, he had, you know, a decent swing, good power swing. But Ricky Vaughn was the only one that really could throw. You know, Tom Berenger looked like he didn't belong out there. And and the guy that you're just talking about right now, he he, he couldn't throw. And, of course, he was 80, you know. But I look for those kinds of things. Even Corbin Burnson, who was in there, couldn't throw. Uh, um, so Willie Mays Hayes, he, yeah. he actually had some athletic ability. You know, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. So I look for those things. Who are the athletic actors that can actually pull this off? So, but 
you said you brought up Willie Mays Hayes. That reminded me of my other favorite line. Uh, don't go anywhere. I intend to put on a hitting display. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And he ends up doing push-ups the entire first yeah. half of the show. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I think the all-time favorite baseball movie is For the Love of the Game um, with Costner. Uh, just one of my all-time favorites, Billy Chappell. Yeah, I think we talked about this last year on the yeah. uh, on the prepcast a, a little bit, and so it's funny that you do that for baseball. Um, basketball was the game I played the most growing up, so I do that when I watch like basketball movies. I'm like, okay, who here can actually shoot? Who can dribble? What do we got going on here? It's usually yeah. just a bunch of stiffs, but yeah, it, it you know, and the, and the camera work just cuts away from that so much that you don't actually get to see the form. Baseball is one that it's, it's harder to hide because. You know, you've got to see somebody pitch the baseball. You've got to see somebody swing the bat a little bit, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm always looking for that. And once I see that, I'm like, oh, dude, they can't play. What? A, I, click. I'm out of here. I'm going to go watch for love of the game again. <laughs> right. For sure. Well, uh, we uh, maybe we'll start a movie podcast, too, Scott, where we uh, give movie reviews and talk. Hey, why not? <laughs> Everybody else is doing it. Why not us? Right. We can branch out. Well, Scott, you mentioned it. State baseball is next week. In fact, all of the spring sports championships are next week. Uh, unlike the fall where it's a little more spread out and everybody gets their own weekend to shine. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, we've got this many days left. Everybody, let's do it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, like we, vomit, we vomit all the state tournaments on one weekend. And boy, there's nobody teaching classes because all the coaches are gone. There's no kids anywhere if you're in certain schools because they're all playing at state. You know, it is a ghost town for two days uh, come state tournament time everywhere. For sure. Well, we're going to dive into the district baseball and softball brackets here in just a moment. But, uh, Scott, you uh, we were talking off air and you mentioned you were at district tennis earlier this week for the Great Basin Conference. How did that go? Uh, it went well. It went well. We were running that. Uh, Kevin Stilling out of Wood River was kind of heading it up and then. You know, we had uh, like Sean Walker and me and Ted Reynolds and Randy Wynn just kind of all bouncing around to all these places, managing the tournament at that site because we're like four different sites. And then uh, we all came together the final day, had a big old introduction of the five state championship matches, whether boys, singles, girls, singles, mixed doubles, boys, doubles, girls, doubles. And there's five courts at CSI. So all five of those championship matches we introduced, made a big to-do, and then started them all at the same time. And so all five championship matches were, were going on. So it went really, really well. Wood River had a ton of people playing uh, in those state championship matches. So I'm pretty sure Wood River, I, I had to leave before the conclusion of the you know presentation of the trophy, but Wood River was looking solid. Yeah, and of course, Wood River is the defending 4A boys state champion in tennis. Uh, they and Bonneville and Ridgeview all kind of split the points last year. It was kind of a low-scoring deal, but Wood River, I think, finished two and a half points ahead of Bonneville for the championship. And they've got a uh, pretty good player in Gus Sabina, who I, I feel like is one of these guys that's been there for 10 years because he's he, he came in as a freshman and was one of the best singles players in the state. Now he's a senior finally. So that's uh, a tennis storyline that I'm going to be keeping an eye on out there. Yeah, well, the he, uh, yeah, Gus. And, and I was told that uh, uh, Sabina. Oh, Sabina. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, because I was thinking Sabina too. And then Kevin said, oh, it's Sabina. And I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, Sabina was playing in the boys' finals 
against his teammate, uh, Bacabella, in the boys' singles final. And I don't know who won, but obviously they're both going to state. Um, so Wood River will be represented well again on the boys' side. In fact, there were, gosh, of the five championship matches, Wood River had people in four of them. The only one they didn't, I think, was the girls' doubles. That was uh, Jerome against Burley. It's pretty impressive. And so yeah. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see We'll see if Wood River – I will say uh, Wood River went over to the Capital Classic, the big uh, t- tournament they hold in Boise uh, a couple weekends ago. And they were the – I think they took seventh overall on the boys' side, but they were the highest placing for a school. Uh, even ahead of Ridgeview. And so that I use that as kind of a preview of, okay, I think Wood River is going to be right in the mix again um, mm-hmm. at 4A State Tennis. But yeah. we'll, it's going to be exciting for sure. We will recap all of the spring sports uh, championships and notable accomplishments from our Magic Valley athletes in two weeks here on the PrepCast. It'll be a spring mega load championship <laughs> edition. So That's right. That's right. Yep. All right. Well, let's take a look at these district baseball and softball brackets. We'll start with baseball and then we'll work our way over to softball. If you're watching this video on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, uh, you will see the brackets up on your screen. If you're listening uh, to this at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, it's all good. We've got all the district brackets on the homepage at IdahoSports.com and you can follow along there. Okay. So here is the Great Basin Conference uh, Class 4A. District four baseball tournament. Scott championship game is tonight. We're recording this on Thursday, May 11th. It is twin falls. The one seed hosting Burley, the three seed in the great basin championship game. Yeah. You know what? And people are going to look at that and say a number one versus a number three, but we talked about this last week that, you know, Burley is sneaky good and they've, they've got some pieces, but we also did talk about Minico. They're not, a high scoring team. And if you can just hang with them, you're going to have a chance, you know, and, and this is obviously the second time that, uh, that they well, third time that they played um, the first time kind of earlier in the season, they got drilled by Minico uh, 17 to nothing, but uh, you know, that was back in March and we know kind of what we were dealing with in March, but lately it's a completely different story. They, Lost to Minico two to nothing, April twenty eighth, and so the gap closed, and then they were able to beat them three to two. So you keep Minico from from scoring a lot of runs, which Minico doesn't typically do. You got a chance, and so that didn't surprise me at all. So it's going to be interesting to see what Minico does, you know, in their game against Wood River, which is also happening today, in a loser out contest. So. I'm not surprised by this bracket at all. Twin is the the head and shoulders number one. I I, I see them punching their ticket today, um, but we'll see. So in the regular season, Twin Falls played Burley twice. The first game went eight innings, went extras, eight to seven win for the Bruins. The second matchup uh, and the more recent matchup was twenty-two to one. So you couldn't have two more different outcomes there: nail biter and then a runaway. Yeah. So, you know, who, who knows what you're going to get, but like we talked about last week, it's going to be pitching and twins got it. Yep. So uh, good luck to the Bruins and Bobcats tonight. And you mentioned Scott 
Minico, the two seed hosting Wood River, the four seed in a loser out game. The winner of Minico, Wood River, will play the loser of Twin Falls, Burley, to see who advances to uh, the state tournament. Two bids available uh, from this district and two tight semifinals as well. Twin Falls beat Wood River three to one. And Burley, as you mentioned, Scott beat Minico three to two. So I think we could be in for some really competitive action here, both tonight and then on Friday as well in that uh, do or die last spot to state game. But we'll keep an eye on it. 3A is all wrapped up. Scott Kimberly is the district champion. We kind of predicted this might happen. They defeated Gooding in the district championship game, 13 to five. And then Gooding had to turn around and play Buell for the second and final spot to state. Gooding had already beaten Buell nine to four in the tournament, uh, but this one was a lot closer. But Gooding did win again, four to three. So the Gooding Senators, the three seed, also punching their ticket to state. You know, and we we talked about it last week too. It's just the the matchups between Buell and Gooding, uh, and you know who's getting hot at the right time. We talked about you know how Buell's second half of the season just just wasn't kind to them. You know, they started off on fire, but the second half just faded, and that just continued into the district tournament, and Gooding got hot at the right time. We talked about, you know, Gooding's not not a bad team. I mean, they've got three guys that can throw, you know, or at least get on the hill and, and throw a little bit, so they're not going to be in in too bad a shape if they can get a, a performance out of their pitchers, and and they and they did, and they they're going on. Good for them. Yeah, in that 4-3 to three game, Scott, it was 1-1, going into the top of the fifth inning and Buell got two runs across. So all of a sudden Buell's up three to one and Gooding had to rally in the bottom of the sixth trailing by two. They get three runs in the bottom of the sixth to go ahead four to three. And then they close it out in the top of the seventh. So it was a late rally for Gooding uh, leading the way in the win. Uh, Cade Owens had an RBI. Butch Morris went uh, one for one with an RBI and a run scored. And so they found a way to scratch across a couple of runs. And all the while, Wick Church on the mound kept him in the game. You know, he pitched all seven innings for Gooding. He only allowed one earned run. Two of the runs were unearned. You know, he only allowed four hits. Now, walks were a problem. He he had more walks than strikeouts. Seven walks, six strikeouts, which probably led to some of those unearned runs. But you know what? He kept his team in it, even though they they didn't have the lead until the very end. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. You get a, a pitching performance and some timely hitting, uh, you're going to win a lot more than you're going to lose, but it all starts on the mound. If if uh, he didn't perform and got knocked out early, then all of a sudden it's piecing together who's going to throw, and now you've got problems. So, again, it's a broken record. It begins and it ends with the pitching. So uh, if we look at state now, the max preps rankings, uh, the, the state 3A tournament will seed teams according to max preps. Kimberly will be the number two seed overall. So they'll be opposite Marsh Valley, uh, the one seed. And this is exactly how it was last year, Scott, where Marsh Valley was the one, Kimberly was the two. Uh, Kimberly kind of stubbed their toe in the opening round. It didn't quite get there. But uh, in terms of the bracket, Kimberly is set up in a pretty good spot, I think. Uh, Gooding will come in as... Probably the eight seed, maybe the seven, depending on how the play-in games go. But um, Gooding will have to probably play the best right away, Marsh Valley, or we could see a Gooding-Kimberly rematch in the opening round if Gooding's the seven seed. Yeah, no, you easily could, but it is shaping up to be just like it was last year, Marsh Valley and Kimberly. And you talked about Kimberly stubbing their toe a little bit. And uh, yeah, it, it, again, it's the pitching. Who are you going to throw? 
And what's your strategy going in? Because baseball state tournaments are a very wild, different strategy because you've got to, you've got to win, but you're going to be able to use your pitcher only X amount of pitches. So you better use them well. Yeah. And that's why getting that top seed is really super important because maybe you can get away with, you know, throwing your number two or your number three. Um, But then again, Ask Kimberly how that worked out last time. It came back and bit them. Yeah, it is. It's all a risk. Marsh Valley did that last year. They threw their number three in the first game, number two on Friday, saved number one for the championship. Kimberly threw their number two guy last year in the opening round and then pulled him after four innings to try and save him for Saturday so he could come back and pitch again on Saturday. The guy who came in to relieve gave up the lead and that's where Kimberly uh, faltered in their pitching plans, but new coaching staff this year as well. So maybe they'll approach it differently, but that's going to be interesting. Kimberly, I do think is in a good spot at the three, a state tournament. Okay. Let's talk about uh, the Canyon conference. It's it's official Declo wins the district. They won a pair of tight games over Wendell seven to five, which we talked about last week, Scott. And then uh, after we got finished recording Declo won later that night, two to one. And so we talked about the great regular season that Wendell had, and yet it's Declo who continues to be the the stinger in the side of the Wendell Trojans. Oh, isn't that the truth? That is just a team that we talked about how teams get in other teams' heads. We talked about how teams match up and just know how to beat another team. Declo is the Achilles heel to Wendell, and Wendell had an – excellent season and all they're going to remember now is losing to Declo in the district tournament and and it's because Declo just has has their number and it and it's too bad because Wendell had a really good season and and t- to be fair Declo also has enjoyed a very nice season uh yes. they are going to continue on to state the two-way uh state bracket Scott is all predetermined uh no max preps rankings there so we can tell you you know where Declo will wind up on the bracket and who they might play against. Um, if you look at it, Declo is going to play the second game on Thursday at 12 against the champion from District 1 and 2 up north. That is the home team, Orofino. Orofino is hosting this tournament. Orofino also won their district. Uh, the Maniacs are good. This is going to be a tough opening round matchup for Declo, but we'll see if the Hornets can get it done. Yeah, that's a long way to travel, but uh, you know what? You're in the state tournament, and uh, and you, you're you're not. Are you on this one? No, I'm I'm at the one A in Lewiston. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So like you said, there's no max preps in this one, so we're just plugging them in as soon as they qualify. So uh, Thursday at noon for Declo against the one two number one seed district one or two. Yeah, the Orofino Maniacs. Uh, they just won their district last night. Scott, have you ever done uh, a game at Orofino's stadium? You know what? No, I haven't. But every time we go there or one of our broadcast teams goes there, you can bet there's going to be pictures sent through the text chain uh, just because it is such a, a visual, awesome environment, you know, with the, the, the hills and the mountains and whatever it is going on there that it's just pretty. Yeah, it's a unique park where, and Orofino is kind of a unique town where the Clearwater River kind of runs right through the middle of it, right? You've got to go over some bridges to get from one side of town to the other. Um, and so out at in right field, as you're broadcasting, you can see the Clearwater River just 
rolling along out there right beyond right field. It's it's a pretty cool spot. We'll have to get you up there to call a state yeah. tournament sometime. Yeah, I know. I need to get up there to the north anyway. I mean, the only time I go up north is when I'm either coaching something or uh, working, but never broadcasting. So I need to get my butt up there. Yeah, for sure. So good and luck. You, and if you ever get your your crap together and get up there, like you know, it gives me a reason to come up. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a uh, we have a contingent offer in on our house, so we just got to wait and see. These people got to sell their house first before they can officially buy our house, but. I think we're getting to the finish line. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Yes, for sure. All right, 1A, District 3, Scott. We talked about this bracket. This is where the top two seeds, Vision Charter and Glens Ferry, got the double buys, right, and basically have already clinched spots to state before even taking the field. Uh, Glens Ferry, the two seed, hasn't even played at districts yet. And meanwhile, their opponent, Idaho City, has already played. And so – Glens Ferry is moving on to state. We know that they are playing Idaho City today uh, in a semifinal game. At this point, they're just playing for seeding at state as four teams will get to go. Over in the play inside, we talked about Lighthouse Christian coming in, not your typical number nine seed, right? They took the last seed at district because they weren't an official full member of the conference. And we, we said this is a dangerous team and look out. And they, they won their first game pretty easily over Rimrock a higher seeded team 11 to one. And they, they darn near did it again in the second game. They had to turn around and play right away again last Monday in Glens Ferry. Um, but they lost a tight one to gem state seven to six. So for lighthouse Christian, a pretty successful first year overall, they got a win at districts and for Glens Ferry, uh, they are preparing now to go to state once again. Yeah. We talked about it last week on this really weird bracket that uh, you've got the little kitty tournament over here with the last four seeds who gets to play with the big boys and whatever. And even though lighthouse lighthouse fell short, I mean, man, what a, what a shot in the arm for a program on their very first year uh, to, to do some things, to get into a tournament, to, to dang near get to the, to the adult table, so to speak in this tournament, because uh, this tournament is so weird. You, you are in the top four seeds. You're going to state. You're just playing for seeding at that point, which yeah. is crazy. So, yeah, so, yeah, you're right. Glens Ferry, they haven't played yet. Uh, they'll play today, but it's about where they're going to be seated in the tournament. They're already going. And, in fact, they are the only team from this district that was at state last year that is also coming back this year. The other three teams, Vision Charter, Idaho City, Horseshoe Bend, they're all new to state this year. So Glens Ferry is the one constant uh, in this district. And for Vision Charter and Idaho City, it's their first trip to state in school history as well. So congratulations to both of those schools. Kind of a cool accomplishment for those schools there. All right, let's talk about softball now. We'll start with the, here we go. We'll start with the Great Basin Conference where uh, it's been, for the most part, kind of chalky. You've got the top two teams playing in the championship uh, tonight, Scott. Number one, Twin Falls against number two, Jerome. Uh, Twin Falls beat Wood River in the semis six to one. Jerome got past Burley eight to seven in a pretty high scoring game. Um, and then on the backside of the bracket, you've got Wood River traveling to Burley tonight to uh, try and keep their season alive. Somebody will win there and will play the loser of Twin Falls and Jerome. Yeah, this this tournament is, you said chalky, but it's also not without its possibility of an upset. I mean, you look at that Burley-Jerome game, Jerome went into the 
you know, top of the seventh inning, leading six to two. And they were three outs away from punching their ticket. And all of a sudden, Burley scores five runs in the bottom half of the, or top half of that frame. And they take the lead seven to six. And so now all of a sudden, Jerome's like, holy crap, what just happened? We're moving to the bottom half of the seventh inning. And we're down a run. We had been winning the entire game. And so they scored two in the bottom half. Uh, a little freshman, Helmer, hit uh, the game-winning RBI, a liner off of the center field wall. Dangner had a walk-off. Wow. And uh, Jerome survived. And that Burley team is pretty good. They are, they're so much like Jerome that it's so evenly matched. In fact, um, that's the third time they've played. And if I'm not mistaken, I know at least two, maybe all three of them have been one-run games. So I think it was a two-run game, a one-run, one-run, and a one-run. So it's anybody's game. And so that would river Burley matchup should be really interesting because we talked about how Wood River is just kind of finding their stride a little bit. You know, they they uh, they beat the, the snot out of Canyon Ridge to open the tournament and then battled twin. I mean, that six to one was a close six to one. You know, I think it was like two nothing in the fourth or the fifth inning at one point uh, before twin kind of distanced themselves a little bit. But that Wood River team is hitting their stride. Then they turn around and they beat Canyon Ridge again. And uh, now they're going to travel to Burley. And those two teams, that's the battle of the green. That's right. In the regular season, uh, Burley swept. Uh, they won by scores of 14 to 13 and then 14 to 3. So we'll see if Wood River can break through there. And on the other side, you know, Jerome, you're right, Scott. They beat uh, Burley by identical eight to seven scores once in the regular season, once at districts. And then they also won 10 to eight um, as well. Um, but on the other side, when Jerome played twin falls this year, the Bruins won both matchups, but uh, each one came by just a run. So yeah. that'll be an intriguing matchup as well. Uh, it will. And one of those games, Jerome had a big lead on and just blew it late. And, you know, they, they were playing not at, Full strength, Jerome was, and that's no excuse, but, you know, they're going to be at full strength now, and they beat Twin on their field last year in the district tournament. So it's not unfamiliar territory, but this should be a really good game between two really good softball teams. Yeah, this is going to be uh, some fun games. This is all tonight, uh, Thursday, May 11th. Uh, so we'll have updated brackets for you on idahosports.com. Uh, 3A, SCIC, it's all over. Kimberly, just like the baseball team, Kimberly wins, advances to state, and uh, similarly, Gooding takes the second spot uh, being the three seed. So just like the ba the baseball and softball brackets mirrored each other all the way down to the seedings. The only thing that was different were the, the scores where Gooding beat Buell twice, eight to one in the first round, and then five to three in the uh, basically the second place game to determine who got that second bid. Yeah, this is a really good Kimberly softball team. Kimberly, Kimberly's got it going on right now in uh, a few things. They they won the district uh, softball title, district baseball title, boys golf, girls golf. Uh, so Kimberly's enjoying a little bit of success right now. And uh, this softball team, you know, they although they had to kind of gooding, you know, punch their ticket and and really put an end to a 
fantastic season before heading to state. They're 22 and two right now, which is, I mean, that's pretty good. And you want to know how good this league was this year, Scott? Statewide Max Preps rankings for 3A softball Kimberly one, Gooding two, Buell three. The top three teams in the state by Max Preps ranking all came from this district. So you knew there was going to be a good team stuck at home, and that, that unfortunately is Buell. So Kimberly and Gooding go in as the top two seeds into the 3A state tournament. Could we see Kimberly and Gooding match up again, this time for the state championship? I'll note that the district championship was very close. Kimberly won 3-2. to two. What a story that would be. Oh, yeah, no question about it. And you looked at those two losses that they had in the regular season. One of them was to Buell 3-1, to one, and the other one, to Gooding, five to four. So these two programs, three programs really, have set themselves apart from everybody else in 3A softball. And it's just too bad that uh, Buell isn't going to get to go being one of the top three teams in the state. But it would be cool to see Kimberly and Gooding battle it out in a state championship game uh, in softball. Yeah, Gooding kind of emerged on the scene last year. Uh, we did a prep cast about the Gooding softball team, Scott, and you talked about how the girls like to run around and talk in British accents and stuff like that uh, to, oh, yeah. to lighten the mood a little bit. So we'll have to check back in with the Gooding softball team and see how many of those players are back again this year. But, man, Kimberly and Gooding, congrats on advancing to state there. 2A Canyon Conference. Uh, Declo, just like the baseball team, Declo softball moving on to state. They won game one over Wendell, 15 to four. Game two was very close, a three to two win for Declo. Wendell put everything they had into it and came up a run short. Um, and so for a Wendell program that's kind of building the foundation, that was a good, I think losing three to two is a good positive momentum for them to take into the offseason. Uh-oh. It looks like we lost Scott. He might have frozen up. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay. Let's see. I'm going to get rid of Scott for a second there. We'll see if Scott can come back in. Um, but yeah, so Declo back at state for softball. And, and when you look at the brackets now, because uh, unlike baseball, the softball brackets use max preps to um, seed their teams. So Declo will come in as uh, they're the eighth ranked team in Max Preps rankings currently, and they're probably going to be that eight seed, you know, depending on if some upsets happen at some of the other district tournaments. And so, you know, Declo will have their work cut out for them uh, for sure um, to start the year off, uh, start the state tournament off. So uh, good luck to the Declo Hornets, though. And finally, uh, the 1A Western Idaho Conference uh, District Tournament. This starts today. Um, there hasn't been any actual official results yet. Glens Ferry is the number one seed overall. We talked about this a little bit last week where Glens Ferry, they're such a threat on the base paths. Uh, they've got speed to burn for sure. And so Glens Ferry opens up their tournament today. There he is, Scott. You're back. You froze up on us. Yeah, I, I thought you froze. I'm like, where did you go? I mean, I know I'm not having one of my better podcasts, but I'm, you know, dude, come on. I thought we were friends. <laughs> I had to give you the boot so you could reboot and get back in. Yeah, the um, only thing missing was the big old cane that comes in from the side and pulls me away. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. So um, what I missed? So I was I was talking about how Declo. 
uh, one, one, the two a Canyon conference uh, district, they're probably going to go into state as the number eight seed overall, which is going to be, you know, they'll have their work cut out for them, but uh, good luck to the Hornets. And for Wendell, uh, this was kind of a building year for Wendell softball. And the fact that they lost to Declo in, in a close game, you know, they pushed Declo to the brink and came up just short in that three to two loss. Um, I think that can give Wendell some positive momentum going into the off season. So yeah, no question about it. I mean, they got shellacked in that opener 15 to four. And then, you know, easy a team can just hang it up and say, mm, whatever, we're done. Uh, but they didn't do that. They they battled. And you're right. I think that's going to give them a little momentum heading into the offseason in a in a rebuilding type of situation. So congratulations yep. to Declo and good luck to Wendell. And then finally, 1A uh, Western Idaho Conference, District 3, but this has Glens Ferry and Lighthouse. Kind of the same story as last week, Scott. They haven't actually played yet. They'll start today at the um, Gals Fields in Caldwell. It's a really cool softball complex over there. They've got four fields that are all right by each other. They call it the Gals Quads. Um, And Gals is uh, girls... Athletic League Softball, I think is what that stands for. But anyways, uh, Glens Ferry, the one seed. We talked about it last week. They've got speed to burn. Um, Lighthouse Christian comes in as the number seven seed. Uh, they've got, you know, on the plus side, they score a lot of runs, but sometimes they give up a lot of runs too. It's been a real roller coaster for for Lighthouse Christian. And so um, we'll see how this uh, tournament shakes out. But Glens Ferry certainly is the favorite as that number one overall seed. Oh, yeah. No kidding. That's a really good Glens Ferry team. Um, but, uh, you know, we talked a little bit last week about this lighthouse. Uh, I, I don't even know what to call them. Um, the, the amount of runs that they have been able to score is, is ridiculous. I mean, 30 runs a game in a couple of different uh, games they had. Um, I'm pulling up their, their stuff now, but holy cow, that that's a team that could, you, know, you never know what's going to happen with them. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, interesting. Uh, Lighthouse Christian will start their journey uh, at high noon today against Vision Charter, the number two overall seed. We'll see if the, the Lions can get on a, an underdog run here. But um, yeah, that's what's happening with all of the softball and baseball brackets. Uh, Scott, and then next week, as we talked about, it's state tournament time. Here we go. Buckle up. Yeah, this is going to be great. I'm starting my, I was supposed to start all of my prep work this morning, um, including this podcast, as well as the state tournament that uh, is coming up because teams are starting to get plugged into that 4A thing. And uh, I kind of got derailed with uh, with high school drama. So it's uh, I'm a little behind the eight ball when it comes to the research, but uh, I'm excited to do it. It's going to be great. It looks like the weather is going to cooperate. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. We're going to be busy. Yes, for sure. So next week on the PrepCast, we'll just do our traditional state baseball preview show where we will uh, hop on live and take your questions and break down all the brackets. IdahoSports.com, once again, will be broadcasting every single pitch of every single state baseball tournament. uh, Totally live, totally free on IdahoSports.com. Dot com And so we'll do our preview show uh, next Monday or Tuesday night, and that will serve as a kind of a placeholder uh, for the prep cast next week. And then, Scott, you and I will come back in two weeks, and we'll break down all the championship action. Yes, and I promise I will have done my due diligence, and I will have some nuggets of information for you. 
All right. Sounds like a plan. So uh, good luck to all the teams that are uh, moving on to state and will be competing next weekend. Uh, And thanks to everyone for tuning in to the Magic Valley PrepCast. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we will see you next time on IdahoSports.com.